Welcome to St. Alphonsus Wellcast, the podcast where we explore the many facets of health and well-being. This podcast is brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Well-Being and a generous grant from the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the St. Alphonsus Wellcast. My name is Candy Zapia, and I'm joined once again by Kim Cleveland, our nurse practitioner. Hello. And Debbie Maisner, our RN. Hi. And today we are going to be talking a little bit about journaling. Now, journaling is something that I'll have to admit I haven't done very much of, but I'm excited to um, find out a little bit more about. So, Kim, why don't you take it away and tell us about the benefits of journaling. Who wants another tool in their toolbox of emotional management? <laughs> I <Me>. do. <laughs> yes. So journaling is very simple at its heart and can be more complex depending on which way you take it. It's sort of like choose your own adventure. There's really no rules, <laughs> Okay. <so. laughs> which is really great. I think it's a great tool for emotional management, goal setting, accountability, and gratitude. Those are the four things that I use it for. Okay. Um, so obviously you've heard of journaling before. Yes. For those of anybody who has not heard of journaling or doesn't know exactly what it means, it basically means you open up a piece of paper or your computer on a Word document or um, you have a, a journal, a, a book with blank pages and you have a pen and you start writing. And that's, that's really the only thing that delineates journaling from any other way of thinking or writing. Um, maybe you've tried it before, maybe it's been recommended to you, or maybe you have an empty notebook by your bedside that you intend to write in and never do, but we will talk you through how to and the different ways that you can think about journaling. Um, it's a really useful tool for getting our thoughts down on paper. It kind of helps us make connections too. Like you can mm -hmm. notice over time patterns that you continually are writing about or ways of thinking that you are typically thinking about things. Um, and it can also help you sort of process information, but it can also just let our minds wander a little bit and can be a good tool for just, um, seeing where our mind goes. So Candy, have you ever journaled? <laughs> I have, but there are two types of journaling. I would say, like, I did it when I was a teenager, and I had, like, a little journal, and I just write, you know, the day's date, and, like, today in math class, I thought Jesse was really cute, you know, Her like, husband. something like that. Yeah, my <laughs> husband. Um, and the other kind of journaling that I did was, like, a food journal. Oh. I've done that before, just to kind of see, like, what I was eating and when and just kind of being exploratory in my dietary practices. Did you write down just what you were eating or were you also writing like feelings while you were eating or like I did activity or because like at the time I didn't know about all those benefits that I should right. be doing that. Instead it was just more like a log kind okay. of okay. a daily log of what I was eating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about you, Deb? I'm cracking up about your <laughs> log because it reminded me that when I had my first daughter Mirabelle I kept a daily log of all everything she ate and like how many diapers she had and what oh, yeah. was in them. Yeah, I think they tell you to do that for don't months. They? Oh, yeah. well, maybe not for that. That was long, my but... journaling. Um, <laughs> I kept a journal from like fifth grade through college. Do you have well, them? I do. <gasps> I do. I do. Oh, I actually that. got them all. They're all under my bed in a tub. 
Um, but I got them all out. Uh, I every once in a while will get them all out, but um, I will reread them for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Have you let your daughters read any? No, no. That's a no. Just for you. Um, but then you know I have done journaling here and there, and you know I'm sure you'll talk about there's different types of journaling, and obviously there's so many benefits to just getting things out of your head and onto paper. And so I'm curious to hear what what else you have to say about journaling. So I have a really interesting way of journaling. I journal, and then at the end of the journal, I throw it away. It's sort of cathartic, oh. but it didn't start that way. It started with going back to some old journals and rereading them and thinking, Ugh, I never want anyone to find this, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of controversial in terms of self-judgment and all that, but I just didn't want to ever see it again, and so I threw it yeah. out. And then now that's what I do. I fill up a journal and I toss it. Um, but, you know, I've heard about people finding their journals of their loved ones from – different periods in their life and things like that. You know, maybe they've lost someone and they were able to reread some of it and how amazing it was that they learned so much about somebody that they never knew before or something yeah. like that. And and I think that um, similarly, when you go through different life phases, you may not even know who you were back in eighth grade anymore. And so having access to some of that is so special too. Yeah, I, I honestly, I wish I would have continued to journal throughout my life. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, there's certainly different types, like, you know, just going to the very basic logging idea, you know, there's like food journals and things like that. But certain people will just log like two or three lines a day of like what happened yeah. um, or any like peak experiences or maybe a thought they had that day or something that stuck out from them by the end of the day. Right. Like, you know, saw the first Robin of the season or whatever it is, you know, you can r truly just log things. That's one way of doing it. That, um, that was uh, what one of my grandparents' Christmas letter. I'm convinced it was just their journal because it was the year's worth of those kind of observations. <laughs> Literally saw the first Robin today. <laughs> that was special to you. So you could repurpose your journals into a Christmas <laughs> That's letter. That's a great idea. <laughs> I I also have the I have two journals. I have one that I go into some of the deeper work we'll talk about here, but then also one that's just the mom's one line a day journal that someone got me when I had my first daughter. And it's now coming up. It's gonna it's a five year journal and she's gonna be five. Wow. And I just am like, you know, I actually have not kept up with it as well as I would have liked to, but I would say at least over the last five years, at least once a month. Sometimes every day for a week out of the month, I have written something, which over the course of five years is at least 60 entries, probably, you know, probably close to 150 entries over the course of five years, which is pretty special just to yeah. kind of think about what was important. But there's a lot of pressure with it to kind of think of like, what am I going to write today or what was so important or not important or whatnot. But, um, you know, that's like sort of along the lines of logging. Um, and then, you know, most people, when they think of journaling, they think of this method that I call the brain dump um, it's really common where you just get all your thoughts out on paper and out there in the universe. And it can be really helpful for many reasons. You talked about how getting your thoughts out on paper can sort of release them from your mind a little bit and, and put it out there where it's not just living in your head anymore. And it's kind of the equivalent of like calling your best friend inventing is the way I look at it. Um, and it may or may not lead to some other strategies, but I think personally think you're probably better served to go a little bit deeper into some of other these some of these other areas of journaling where you can use some of that information and synthesize it into action and growth. 
Um, so when we think about, I'm sure you've heard of a gratitude journal. Yes, I have mm-hmm. one. I found one. Cleaning out a bookshelf, I found one. <laughs> was it gifted to you or did it you purchase it? It was gifted to me. <laughs> I feel like it was from you. Was it? <laughs> I do. I feel like it was. Um, but yes, gratitude journal. I think that's a great yeah, idea. It's a really fun activity. I think it's nice to just draw this whole habit in your life of looking for things to be grateful for every day. And people attach different rules to their gratitude journal. Like maybe they don't say, you know, the same thing several days in a row, you know, not like every day I'm thankful for my family or something, which is perfectly valid to be thankful and grateful for your family every day. But um, maybe just truly looking into different areas of your life for specific things that happen that you're grateful for specific people and trying to, you know, find ways to be grateful for the things that you already have. And this idea of like living abundantly where you, you love what you have, not just wishing for more. Um, so it just can remind us to look for those things every day. Um, and it can be a really fun thing for your family to do too. A lot of families now are doing this around Thanksgiving time, but you can do it anytime where, you know, even going around the table and, and thinking about what you're thankful for keeping a family journal or, um, you know, maybe you just use it as an exercise and then you yourself have a gratitude journal for what you're grateful for. But there's been a lot of really great studies on people who are constantly looking for things to be grateful for in their own life and thinking through that lens and it can sort of shift our thinking more positively. So we're constantly looking for the good in situations, which can serve us in a lot of ways. So the gratitude journal is one option. Um, Another really simple option to get started with is some journals have prompts in them. I'd be curious to know, did your gratitude journal have prompts? They had prompts in it. So it might be for something specific to kind of help you. So that way, just like you said, you're not like just repeating yourself each day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those are really great. You can even Google journal prompts and things can pop up for you um, as search items where you can maybe use those to spur like a writing exercise for yourself or help you look at your mind or a situation in a different way that maybe you're not immediately thinking about. Um, But you can practice responding to those prompts to get you in the habit of journaling if you're having a hard time getting started. So um, those are options for journaling. But I want to talk about mindset journaling because it kind of uses a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy and this other um, skill of mental rehearsal. And it's a way of sort of self-coaching yourself, doing some sort of therapeutic work within yourself to help you um, with new skills and new ways of thinking about situations and how to analyze your own thoughts and move yourself forward. So um, most of the time when people think to grab a journal, for a lot of people, they're trying to process some kind of either a negative emotion or experience or maybe a new challenge they're coming up with. Um, But not all the time, but that can often be the push Mm -hmm. to open up the journal. So if you're using this mindset journaling, you can incorporate some aspects of traditional cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which basically involves looking at your train of thought on a paper identifying negative thought patterns or unhelpful mindsets and then working through them or reframing them. So let's just say you journal about a long, lengthy experience at work or in a relationship and you have lots of thoughts and feelings. um, And maybe you even say things like, I can't believe this happened or this is totally unfair or I'll never get through this or why does this keep happening to me? But then you can take those thoughts and you can challenge them and then look for evidence on the contrary so you can reframe your thoughts around certain events. So we've talked about this before and Debbie has said it before and she says it so beautifully, but what else is true? 
It's not the only yeah. true statement, right? So if you feel like this is really unfair, well, what else is true about that situation? And then also writing about that. So kind of training your mind to think about something in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I th- I've heard it in that technique, like there's different ways you can do it. And I've heard it said like a thought download and then separating the stories from the facts. Um, and so just realizing how much control and how much power you have is in your thinking. And so, like you said, like when you're you're challenging yourself, like, okay, what else is true? Or how else can I think about that? Because when you boil it down to you're upset about something, you're upset about like a sp- specific circumstance or fact, and then you have all those thoughts about the, the that specific fact. Right. And that creates all the emotions. So right there, you're thinking like that part, when you can kind of reframe and, and get curious and change that around – that's where your power lies. Totally. And yeah, so many situations can be viewed from different perspectives. And if you have the ability to reframe your perspective around that situation, like you said, right around the facts, stick to the facts and then reframe your thoughts about the facts, it, it can be super powerful. Um, so yeah, so you can use, you know, positive self-talk in order to challenge some of these, um, these thoughts that you have, or you can, um, also use this tool of mental rehearsal that I love so much. So this might look like taking a negative situation and then writing out the way that you would like to respond to the event as though it is already happening. So we're talking present tense writing here. And imagining yourself in a situation that feels really difficult or unpleasant or just challenging in any way. And then you write out the situation in present tense as though it is currently happening the way that you want it to happen and what you can control. So this doesn't mean like, you know, I show up and there's an ice cream cone waiting for me at my work desk, something (laughs) you have no control over. Right. Uh, You know, more about the way you're responding to the situation. Yes, all of my examples will involve food. (laughs) at candy and I'm like how can we make that happen for kids (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's what she would love so here's an example I stay calm and centered in this situation that feels unfair by breathing taking time for myself and waiting before responding I compassionately respond to those around me with empathy and understanding before formulating my opinion when I feel the urge to make negative comments I place my hand on my heart and breathe as a reminder to stay present and centered So this would be my statement. This is a statement I've actually used myself in a situation that felt very difficult where my initial reaction was to blame, judge, and wish for it to be different. And so instead of that, I have written out a way that I will keep myself calm and centered, the things I'll do to make sure that happens, and this is all I have in my control. Well, what I love about that is you could use that statement for anything, Yes. Like you didn't even say what you were imagining, what event it was. Exactly. Right. right. It's like, oh, you can just plug and play with that one. You definitely can. And I think it does help to kind of talk about the situation in your journal beforehand and then plug in. You know, you could use this generic situation for many different obstacles that you journal about or you can come up with something different every time. But when I'm thinking about the idea of mental rehearsal, when I come up to that obstacle or that challenging situation and I have written out exactly how I'm going to respond before, it's as though I've already done it in my brain. Yeah. 
Right. My brain already has that practice in responding the way that I want to respond so that I'm set up for success. Yeah. And then even taking it further, if you decide to use the same statement for many different situations, that's even more practice that your brain has to use that circuitry and create new connections in order to make it easy for yourself. I love that. That's I felt, can you read it again? Yeah. I stay calm and centered in this situation that feels unfair by breathing, taking time for myself, and pausing before responding. I compassionately respond to those around me with empathy and understanding before formulating my opinion. When I feel the urge to make negative comments, I place my hand on my heart and breathe as a reminder to stay present and centered. I'm going to I'm gonna send that to someone who has just, like, has finding herself in a difficult situation. Yeah. I it, it just kind of, for me, it incorporates a lot of the things that I know work for me and then takes them a little bit further. Um, I know that when I'm able to pause, I'm better able to respond in a positive way or an empathetic way or a way that at least isn't adversarial. <laughs> and then I feel like by reminding my, by putting my hand on my chest as a physical cue to remind myself to breathe, Right. It, it helps me stay connected to the present moment so that I can continue on that path of positivity or empathy. Well, that hand on your heart, that is showing yourself self-love and self-compassion. Yes. I love it. Yeah. This is about journaling and look where we went. I, I know. know. <laughs> well, it is really positive and I think that, I think, you know, you don't have to do it that way. It doesn't have to be so broad. It can be something as simple as, you know, maybe your partner doesn't take out the trash when you want them to. And, and it, every time you walk by the trash, you get angry or something. You know, even just writing, like, when I walk by the trash, I remind my partner kindly that I asked them to do this or that, you know, whatever it is. That's a very simple example. But you can respond differently than right than ways that you maybe you habitually respond. And you can, you can take things in a different way and, and spin it into a way that will positively affect those around you, too. So... That is one option. I think mindset journaling, you know, we could certainly do a series of podcasts and, and <laughs> call, you know, call in people and, and coach people through their own situations. But I think it's an interesting exercise to think about. And we'll put right. some information in the show notes about this, but um, and how to how to incorporate this in your own life. But um, those are the main ways of journaling that I've come across and thought of. Um, we talked about gratitude journaling a little bit, um, the basic log, the brain dump, but then mostly about the mindset journaling because I think it is such a powerful practice. And, you know, I encourage everybody to go and get a piece of paper and, and start writing because it can help transform your mind and transform your life. Thank you for listening to this episode of St. Alphonsus Wellcast, brought to you by St. Alphonsus Corporate Health and Wellbeing and the St. Alphonsus Foundation. Always be sure to catch new episodes by subscribing to us through all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. We hope you'll tune in again. Until then, be well.